Hello, hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Opening Set Season 4, Episode 3, right, John Reyes? Okay, very good. Thank you very much. John Reyes, Rodney Shotgun. This is the voice of King Mouse, as always. Before we get into today's very special guest, a little housekeeping, as always. Opening Set can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your good old-fashioned podcast. Please tell your friends. Tell your DJ friends. Tell your creative friends. Tell your mom, your dad, your dog, your cat. No cats. No, we don't like cats around here. But anyways, you can find John Reyes on Twitch often, regularly, under Stank Palmer. Also find him on Bandcamp under John Reyes. That's spelled J-O-N-R-E-Y-E-S. Trust me, if you're a DJ and you like jams in your arsenal of music, go to his Bandcamp. You'll not be disappointed. Speaking of jams, I have a Bandcamp as well, kingmost.bandcamp. I've been putting out a lot of edits and uh, yeah, probably a lot more by the time you hear this. Also find me on Twitch and Instagram under heykingmost. And today's very special guest is the one and the only Lonnie Love, based in SoCal, a member of Club Mesh along with Chess Knight and Daljess. And though she's been DJing since the mid-2000s, she's recently found a whole lot of success via Twitch. In this conversation, we talk about Twitch in terms of DJs taking a risk, having some faith in a new platform, and flying blind. Twitch is about as democratic as DJing will get. Like in a traditional DJ ecosystem, you've got all these like gatekeepers, you've got promoters, club owners, different restrictions that kind of hold you back from DJing. Now we're all bedroom DJs and we all have access to an audience, right? So like, yes, I've been DJing a long time and I definitely have people who've been going hard for me forever, but I'm not huge. You know, like I'm just a working DJ, but I managed to somehow get a little bit of traction on on Twitch. I think because I've put in like the time, the effort, whatever, and the medium kind of works for my personality, I think. But I just don't know why someone wouldn't give it a try. Like if it's not for you or you tried it and you don't like it, like that's fine. If all the energy you have is being spent just trying to not go insane when you read the news, like that's cool. But like... I think if you are a DJ, like, why would you not take advantage of this venue that has no dress code? (laughs) There's no guidelines to what you can or cannot play. This is the most ideal. And if you get requests you don't like, who cares? Like, it's your house. Like, that's so cool. Also in this conversation, we talk about how Chicago made her a better DJ, her take on influencers, and even some tips on plant life. And the reason why I like this conversation is for a couple things. First of all, we're all kind of quarantined. We're shut off from meeting people. So it's very nice to kind of get to know somebody and just find your connections and hear their takes on a lot of things. It reminded me to, you know, before times when you meet somebody at a party or at a store or what have you. It was nice. It was nice. But I think really also, it was really cool comparing notes with a fellow working DJ, kind of figuring out how they deal with corporate life and throwing parties. But also, you know, seeing one of your own, you know, a fellow DJ that's been in the game for a long time, find success on a new platform and in turn, you know, share knowledge and pros and cons and things like that. So I think it was just um, kind of what we needed right now where we're kind of figuring out what's going on and what's next. And if you want to know more about Lonnie Love, look up DJ Lonnie Love, D as in the letter, J as in the letter, Lonnie, L-A-N-I-L-O-V-E. There you go. Thanks a lot. Opening set, King Mose, John Reyes, Lonnie Love, and yourself. Take care. Yes, yes. What is up, everybody? This is your boy, King Most. Welcome to Opening Set, Season 4, Episode 3. As always, my man, John Reyes, riding shotgun. And today's very, very special guest is... DJ Lonnie Love. 
I pointed to you because we're doing this via Squadcast. Um, it's a new world, new technology. And is that your uh, monster truck in the driveway, Lonnie? Whose who's was that? No, that's uh, just I'm kind of a busier street. Some people just bored during quarantine, flexing. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, where we normally record, we have it's a studio next to like a, a train yard, like a buses. So you'll hear if you, I don't know, if you like dig back an episode, you'll hear like a ding, 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 ding. It's very distinct, but it's, it's kind of cool. It adds a little charm to the show. It's real. Know? Yes, it is very real. It's very real. Uh, so yeah, thank you for doing the show. I, I mean, to kind of give you context, uh, give our listeners context of how I came up you know, knowing about you. I saw you DJ with our boy Cutso, who was a guest a couple episodes back. And also, you have really begun to shine uh, in the Twitch universe, the Twitchiverse. If I could make, <laughs> a, make is that a Twitchiverse? Yeah. Can we say that? Yeah, sure. All right, Twitch, Twitchiverse. It, you heard it. You heard wild, it Twitch is the wild, wild west. You know. Yeah, hopefully, yes, for better, for worse. Hopefully, more yeah. better than worse. And um, yeah, but also, you know, just kind of being a long time working DJ, you always kind of hear names and you see words and like, things floating around. You're like, oh. Okay, I'm somewhat familiar with this. So, you know, we're all in quarantine right now. What is today like for you? I might have a gig this weekend, like a small, like last minute wedding. I pretty much said I wouldn't take any gigs until there's a vaccine. But this is a friend's wedding. It's going to be small. They're going to test everyone for COVID before and I'll have a face mask, social distance. So it's like something that is a possibility. I don't know. So just kind of coordinating some of those details this morning and then just working on Twitch, man. There's like, it's never ending uh, stuff on the back end. It's a wormhole and I'm just never done. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a little floor that you're going to do a gig. Not not a person. I'm just, well, wow, you're doing a gig. What is the like the A to B nuts and bolts of that? Like they come to you and are they giving you more pay or is it, are you, what's the process? Tell me about it. So the Bride actually reached out to me like last week. And the reason why I'm like, it's a maybe is because we haven't signed off on everything. Still figuring out logistics of like testing site for COVID. When does that happen? Like, when do I get results back? And I'm really just cautious. Um, this whole time I've been at home. I see my parents like once every two weeks just to make sure that I'm not possibly bringing something to them. Even when I see them, I wear a mask just to be safe. So I really didn't think I would even be entertaining something, but I've seen some friends kind of start working again, like makeup artists, and they've worn face mask plus a face shield. And they said it was really great, not just to work you know, financially, but I think the on an emotional level to be able to go outside the house and see people and do that thing you love was really satisfying and helped them kind of lift their spirits. So that's why I even, you know, opened entertaining this conversation right now. Wow. Do you yeah. think this kind of, you, you know, you talk about, okay, where's testing, what's distance, masks, is that going to be our new normal for until there's a vaccine or until everyone gets a vaccine and is okay with it? I think so. I mean, I will definitely not be DJing any bars like anytime soon. That's just too high risk. Even if people were to be wearing masks at a bar, you know that they're going to take it off to have a drink, have a chat. Like it just, I can't see a realistic situation where you can have large gatherings of people, like be safe. Weddings are different, right? Because it's a curated guest list and everyone's there to celebrate the couple. They're going to be respectful. 
all that. So let's say, you know, like in two weeks or, you know, regularly over time, people hit you up like, Hey, this is a small corporate event, small wedding event. Will be, would that be something you'll normally take on or you still be like, eh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'd be really hesitant. I think if I didn't know this bride personally and there wasn't the option to test, she, if she wasn't testing all of her guests and offering me to have a test before and after, then I would not entertain it at all. But this is like a, I think a unique, like probably once, you know, one time thing. This is the, your exception, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when you, while you're talking about this, my wheels are spinning because I think, oh, maybe I can, you know, get back to DJing regularly if it is like this. Right. But uh, yeah, the wheels are slow. I'm not decided I'm, on that either. I mean, yeah. trust, like it's been a really tough decision on me. Like I, you know, she asked and I was like, I don't know. And I literally, I'm still thinking about it and it's been, you know, in the talks for like a week or so yeah. and it's this weekend, but you know, mm-hmm. gonna yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I asked that because, you know, I think in the past, it's like, oh, how are you doing? Before I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you know, whatever. Like, oh, I'm tired or I'm hungry. But now it's like, okay. what, how are you doing? I'm like, shit, let me think about that. <laughs> like, I really yeah. got to, I gotta, that's like a question that isn't just, you know, basic futile chit chat. It's real. So we're yeah. talking about present day, but I want to take it back to the OG days of Lonnie Love. And I was, you know, looking at your bio and thinking about it ahead of time. You're from Chicago and Chicago's DJ history is so like vast and it can go a lot of places. Where are your starting points with uh, Chicago in well, terms of DJing and music too? So it's kind of funny is I never really know. I have a hard time answering like, where are you from? Because I'm originally from Southern California and then I lived in New York for five years and that's where I learned how to DJ. And then Chicago is where I became a good DJ. Chicago made me a good DJ because I think there's just an amazing pool of talent out there. And I have this hypothesis that with a city that gets as cold as it does, to get people to go out to a bar when it's negative 10 degrees outside, you can't have some janky ass DJ like at the booth. Like it needs to be worth your while to get you out of the house. So I just feel like you can stumble into just a neighborhood dive bar in Chicago and that DJ is probably going to be better than any, you know, DJ at a dive bar in any other city. You know what I mean? Better than San Francisco? That's uh, <laughs> 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 nah, you're like, hey, you say. Uh, first of all, I love that there is a kind of you get eaten alive if you don't bring the heat. Cause um, as somebody that just loves DJing, I just love seeing I get such a, a thrill, like this person's fucking killing it. Like clean mixing and phrasing and da-da-da. But yeah. you made a, you mentioned distinction between New York and Chicago, what were you doing in New York? What were you not doing in New York that well, you can look back? So I just wasn't playing as often because I was okay. still kind of early in my like DJ journey. Um, I had a corporate job. So I was DJing like a couple times a month. And then in Chicago, even though I had a corporate job when I first moved there, you know, I started out doing a couple times a month, a couple times a week, three times a week while working full time. And then eventually it got to a point where I was like, I could maybe pursue this full time and corporate job wise, it's not really kind of looking the way I want it to be. So maybe this is the time that I try my hand at you know, being a freelancer and making more time for my art. What was your corporate job? I worked in advertising. I was a brand and communication strategist. Oh, okay. What from that background and job experience has kind of translated into your DJing now and or even when you kind of first made the leap? Quite a bit of it, I think, influences the way that I work, whether it's like consciously or subconsciously. I think 
I kind of have a different approach to things than I think some of my DJ peers. We can even start with just like the dance floor, basics of the room. Like I'll look around and I think about who are the key influencers of this room. Okay, I see that this girl is like clearly going to be the life of the party. I'm going to tailor the next like five songs to this girl. She wants to dance and she'll drag everybody else with her. Stuff like that, right? So like in advertising, we do influencer strategy. You know, we examine our target audience. So like when I do corporate gigs, I often ask my client like, Who's your anticipated demographic? Like, I'm like any other DJ, I can improvise and read a room, but I like to get as much information as I can going into gigs so that I can just be ready to like slay an 80s set if they're a little, you know, whatever. We can jump ahead, but you're talking about corporate gigs and I know it's a big part of your resume and obviously a lot of DJs at this point, that's how we did and we hopefully will make bread and butter. What is kind of your um, A to Z when let's say a corporate client reaches out to you? Like tell us your style in dealing with them because everyone, I've noticed everyone has a different way of going about it. I ask, what's the event? What's the purpose? Who's attending it? And can take it from there. When you say purpose, is like, is this, oh, is it like an anniversary? Is this like a company party for Christmas? Or is that what you mean when you say purpose? Kind of. Sometimes the, if it's like an in-store event, like is the goal just to keep people in store, have them like look at new goods, or is it just to drive traffic in like as a booth by the window to get people inside? Like I'm just trying to understand context this kind of line of thinking and questioning, is that influenced by your experience or just by you being working in advertising? I don't know. It's hard to say because that's, I think my brain's always kind of been wired like this. Like even in high school, I was like the person who did all the nerdy stuff to get like more members to join the club and stuff like that. So (laughs) I don't know. I think it's how I'm wired. Yeah, yeah. So in, in high school, what kind of club are you trying to get people into? Like, you know, you just... I was in like every extracurricular, okay? Like yearbook staff, key club, key wins. Like it's a um, community service student leadership organization. So you always need more members to have more volunteers to plant trees, sew dolls for kids in the hospital, stuff like that. Like I've always kind of been doing a bunch of things. Yeah, you're, you're kind of a natural extrovert. Yeah, Um Sorry, I pause that extrovert because I know I'm an extrovert, but I was shy for such a long time. I was kind of like a soft-spoken person for a lot of my like youth and even into young adulthood that hearing someone ID me as an extrovert right away, I'm always like, am, am I? Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> my you're quarantine like, has solidified that. I need to be around people. Yeah, you're like a... you're. A low-key extrovert. We could say like that. Yes, you are a low-key extrovert. So did you have any interest in DJing in high school or nothing at all? No, because in high school, I was really into emo punk and like alternative rock. Uh (laughs) The reason I pointed because I was talking to John Pryor and like, I think this person may, I think Lonnie, her background music isn't like hip-hop R&B house. It's like something interesting in a different genre. So you're into... Wait, why why did you think that? How did you know? Because listen to your show, to your, your Twitch streams. And oh. you're playing like all types of stuff. Like I've tuned in where you're playing like Snoop Dogg. I've tuned in yeah. where you're playing like dance pop and things like that. I was like, oh. Because also right now the Twitch universe, the Twitchiverse, yeah. it's at least the ones I've been seeing is mostly hip hop, R&B, Afrobeats, dancehall. Which yeah. again, stuff you also cover, but you've been right. kind of going to other, uh, other genres of dance music and things that are kind of like sonically connected. So yeah. you said emo and what else? I'm sorry. Oh, just like emo and like indie rock, like 
Okay. Yeah. I want to know who the bands are because I grew up, I was such like a stark, like a hardcore, like R&B, hip hop, breaks, nothing else. And then yeah. as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, what is this? And like, oh, it is, you know, Dashboard Confessional or something. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Uh, so my yeah, first what? concert was Dashboard Confessional. Oh, okay. um, Midtown <laughs> opened. Like a lot of stuff that was on um, drive through Records was big then. Uh-huh. Um, Taking Back Sunday, brand new. It's just stuff that really spoke to my suburban teenage angst. You know? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, John, uh, our listeners won't know this, but John just totally perked up and like just leaned into the camera because I guess you got a little bit of an emo. Uh, I, I was of- like, hmm, Alkaline Trio saves the day. Where are we on yes. the spectrum? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I. Yeah. What is what is that a significant? Like Thursday, Finch. Uh, she was there and was there before the emo explosion of MTV. Okay. <laughs> so the, the- she had a notebook. Okay. Yeah, and I actually like blogged. I used to blog with a couple friends about uh-huh. these emo bands in 2002. Okay. Yeah. So this was Blogspot. We hosted on our own server and um, big flex, big flex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you get to DJing then? Because I think that's uh, that's something I, my brain's like, well, how'd you go from that to this? Yeah, so my taste in college evolved a lot. I was involved with the college radio station and eventually like music and program director there. So I would go through new CDs every week. Like we get anywhere from 50 to eight new artists just like sending us stuff to go through. So I had some assistance that kind of helped me, but I definitely learned how to go through music pretty quick, like skim, am I into this? Is Am I going to revisit this? Like a yes, no, maybe pile. Just through that experience, I really expanded my taste it just opened me up to so many different genres. Like I, there's definitely a commonality among all the artists that I like. I could definitely go for things that have some sort of melodic sensibility. I don't like when stuff's too polished because then it just feels sterile. Like there's patterns to what I like, but it crosses so many genres. Yeah. So then MySpace era, 2006, I was starting to creep on like all these DJs and mashup artists. You know, Blog House was like a thing, Ed Banger Records, all that. So I was like, man, I love dance music, especially like it was grabbing my attention. And I had some friends that were DJs, you know, recreational, like college DJs. And I would always collect music and MP3s to send to them. At this point, I don't even understand like bit rates or anything. So there's a lot of like shitty, you know, 128s and stuff that I'm sending (laughs) their way. Real quick, for our fans that are listening that don't know what a 128 is, 128 is like fine for like listening on iTunes or in your car, but not optimal for DJing. But it happens. It gets done. 320 is the ultimate. 256, 182, they're all okay. But So you're collecting music and then you're passing it to your friends. And, yeah. Uh, and then I like had expressed interest that like I would like to learn how to DJ at some point, but... You know, the equipment's expensive. It seems too intimidating. Everyone that I know that DJs is like a dude. So, and also has like a certain type of confidence that I didn't have in myself at that time. You know, like I mentioned, just being like more soft-spoken and stuff like that. So then I moved to New York after college, 2007. And this is like my adult life. Like I have pretty cool job, entry level, but you know, it's like a job at an agency and fellowship program. And then I thought, okay, I'm living in the city where I don't know anyone. I need to make the most of my time in New York. I'll probably live here for two years for the fellowship and then move home. 
it ended up being like five years. But yeah, during that time, I just made it a point to pursue everything I was interested in. And one of the DJs that I had followed on MySpace, I saw him playing out um, at a bar. And I just asked him if he needed maybe an intern or an apprentice or something. And we worked out this thing where we hung out like every Sunday for like a year. I would learn how to mix and kind of help him with like just, you know, intern type work, emails, you know, like. Uh, so who was the DJ? Was it somebody we would know? Uh, maybe Morsi, M-O-R-S-Y. Oh, yeah. Were you on the hollow board a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, Not yeah. Super out. active, but yeah. Yeah, I was on the hollow board pretty heavy. Shout out to our hollow board fam. We definitely had past guests and listeners or, or whatnot. But yeah, DJ Morsi. I mean, I could pull up my Serata and I have a couple of his edits and all that stuff. Yeah, Emo Thug. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very, very cool stuff. Do you feel like that this whole era we're talking about, 2006 to whatever, is kind of creeping back into like the DJ collective brain a little bit? Yeah, I think enough time has passed where people really like value that sound. I actually did a blog house set where like I wore like a wolf mother American apparel shirt. I had my Ooh. college review shirt. Uh-huh. I still have my first mixer. It's like back there. Wait, let me grab it for you because yeah, you'll yeah. appreciate it. Whoa. First mixer. Yo. You mark DXM 06. Uh, now, Baby. Do, you, do you still use it or you just keep it for? I just keep it because I can't, I, it's my first one. I can't let her go. Yeah, no, that's great. Like, it's so funny because that we looked at as junk back then. But I mean, now it'd be like, yo, let me, you know, I've I've looked on eBay for like the Vestax 05, like the limited blue plate one just to have it. I know it's like a crappy mixer, especially compared to an S9, but it's that nostalgia that, you know, you want to like have or whatever and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, you had the, you had the your wolf mother, Mastercraft, uh, the kind of blog yeah. house thing. Yeah, things were cyclical, just like anything else, fashion, entertainment, politics, and of course, music is no different from that. We are now like 14 years plus from that era of the internet. And it feels like, it's almost kind of feels so distant and harmless and innocent that you're like, yeah, yeah let's revisit yeah, simpler times, you know, simpler times. <laughs> You know, the old holotronics uh, mixtape and, uh, yeah, making Baltimore house edits out of, you know, random, like, rock songs. Yeah, and what's so crazy about this era of music, I think because it's, you know, been so long, when I did that dedicated blog house set of mine, like, everyone was all up in their feels, like, just, like, screaming in the chat, you know, like, oh, my God, this song, that song, my top eight, you know. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I, yeah, I wasn't as active on MySpace for music as I, I wish I was. What were some, like, what were some of your go-to jams? Like if someone had to go back and say, these are the definitive jams by Lonnie Love of MySpace emo rock bangers. Give us like three, if you can remember. Uh, Kid Sister Pronails. Chicago. Like a, yeah. It was a good one. Uh-huh. Um, like a Mastercraft track, probably one of the, from the remix uh, record. Yeah. Big, big. And then, oh, Uffy, Pop the Glock. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me, the reason why it stands out because it was like the first time in my life I wasn't just ingesting like all hip hop and R and B and you know like funk. Like I was still into like super backpack nerd rap and also yeah. like club shit and hyphy stuff. But yeah, what you're talking about, LCD sound system it was just like, yo, this is a whole new era. This sounds crazy. Right. And then yeah, then Diplo and then the Hollowboard and Morsi and all that stuff. And early Chromio. Oh, yeah. You know what? I always trip out how the first Chromeo came out and no one gave a shit. I was playing, um, what was their debut single? Um, uh, Needy Girl or Fancy Footwork or something Needy like Girl. that. Needy yeah. Girl. Yeah. yeah. I remember like I would play that. I remember I downloaded like the 128 off their website. And then I think I still have that 128 actually. 
And uh, yeah, they were just, they just kind of came and went. And then five years later, I guess when A-Track became A-Track, then I guess, you know, he may have helped them out. But yeah, it was interesting how they were just kind of like this thing that came out. No one cared, but we cared. So yeah, we were just really cool. So we're talking about your origins as a DJ. I went on to your, uh, your website and you clearly put female DJ on the byline. That really caught me off guard. A lot of my friends that are DJs who identify as women, they kind of want to downplay that and just I'm just a DJ. Is that something um, that intentional for you nowadays? Or tell me Dang, more. I'm like, did I put that in my bio? Yeah, if you go on your website, it says female DJ, Bonnie Love. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like, that's unintentional, yo. Okay. So why would you um, not want that now? Well, okay. So if I did, I'm so surprised because I don't feel like it's something I would have intentionally put. I might've just copy and pasted something from somewhere, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Um, the reason why I wouldn't is just because... I feel like identifying as female DJ it just carries this. I'm proud of, of being a female DJ, but sometimes when you come out strong with it, people assume that that's how you got where you are. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're put into this category of, oh, okay, she got where she is because of her looks or aesthetic or something versus this skill. And it's like, I've actually been doing this a long time. Like I'm not just a four show artist and it's not the amount of time either. It's like amount of time effort I'm in this. Yeah. Yeah. You're, as we say in other episodes, you're a lifer like anybody else, like anyone yeah. else that's been DJing for as long. Yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, the internet trolls and like dickheads would be like, oh, they're so quick to like diminish and flatten somebody's success in this case of woman. And they'll say what you just said. She's because of looks and the aesthetic and the show for a DJ. This might be an assumption, but um, you know, how do you deal with like these like internet trolls? Because um, I know you're definitely in on Twitch and you know and other things. I'm sure. Do you just ignore it? Do you engage it? It depends. I generally ignore because I feel like it's not worth my time. But every now and then, I will. You know, it just depends on how sassy I feel in the moment. You know, oh, okay. so sometimes I just don't care and I like snap back at the troll just to be like, hey, this is my house. Don't you disrespect me in my house. Tell him, tell him, Lonnie. It actually really irritates me on Twitch, especially because I'm like, I'm here providing you free entertainment. And you're going to come up into this like positive community environment that I say we, because I think it's been built by me and the people in the chat. Like we've built this amazing space and you're just going to come in and try and ruin that. Get the hell out. Yeah, no, for real. I think and that's really a big part of, I think, various Twitch uh, DJ streams that are popular is the chat. It's almost feel that's an equal component is mm -hmm. the community. Is it is it the community? Is that kind of what you're, how you would say it? Yeah, it's a community. I What's interesting about it, when I first started doing Twitch, being the nerd that I am, I clicked through the entire creator camp thing that they have. It's like so much text and like a few videos from gaming streamers and it's, to be honest, like not interesting. <laughs> I was like, well, this doesn't feel relevant to me as a DJ who wants to stream and I just don't get it. It was just felt too far in the weeds. I couldn't connect with the information that was being relayed. So like they would talk a lot about the importance of community. They're like community, 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 networking, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, as someone who doesn't use Twitch, I don't get what that means. Now having streamed, you know, since March, I get it. 
Your community is the people who are active like in your chat. They're the people who are in your Discord. They're the people who tune in. So, you know, there's varying levels of involvement. There are some people who tune into my show, my stream all the time, never in the chat. And sometimes they'll pop in specifically just to say, hey, just want to let you know, like I've been listening for the past two months. I actually made a login today because I just want to tell you how much I love today's stream. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy to me. But there's other people who they pop into my chat and they want to be acknowledged. Like I'm onto them. They literally come in just like, hey, Lonnie. And if I don't say something, they just keep typing, hey, until I give them a little shout out acknowledgement, you know, and then they're gone. Like there's just all types of characters. But the community part of it, that's so cool. There are people who I think they support you like as an individual and then they start to get to know other people in the chat and they like talk to each other even when I'm not online, like in the Discord or more direct on IG or whatever. But that's what the whole community thing is all about. And now there are some people who've been tuning into my stream for the past few months. They're starting to stream and everyone from my chat goes hard in their chat to support them. So, and that's via a raid, right? Or, or no, just like the, so we have a, on my Discord, a little like promo thread for people to promote their stream or friends and family streams. And pretty much if you're a member of our chat and you start streaming, like people will come through. This like ecosystem of just friends and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it sounds like community is in your DNA, talking about you know your school thing. And then you kind of created this like relationship with Morsi as a mentor. And now, mm-hmm. you know, like doing this thing with Tw- Twitch and Discord. First time I sat and watched your show, it reminded me, you know, like those like old school radio shows you listen to and like someone's like reading letters or emails from the audience. Like, hey, I have a problem. And there's like this really, it's really like soothing, pleasant voice. It's like talking and they read the letter and they give advice. Yeah. I got a little bit of that. Is that anything? Uh, how am I off? Am I on? Am I full of it? You're not the first person to say that. It's not something that I strived for. This is just like my natural voice and vibe. I kind of laugh about it because my chat dubbed me the wholesome DJ. Like I even put it in my bio because like I've just fully embraced it. I cannot fight it. Like I, it came up maybe the third week I started streaming. They're like, oh, so wholesome. Like when I would talk or when I would tell a story or or just the way I would interact with the chat. They're like, oh, so wholesome. And then they're like, can you make a wholesome emote? I was like, I don't even, what would that look like? And then someone in the chat was like, oh, a picture of you with the halo on it. So I was like, all right, <laughs> ask and you shall receive. Here's a, here's a wholesome emote. And I kind of didn't like the title, to be honest, because I'm a working DJ. I want to play clubs. I live for playing massive clubs with like huge subs and people getting ratchet and bottle service and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, I've got like mom energy that I'm self-aware enough to like understand that I'm very nurturing. I want to take care of everyone. I want to cook for you. Like I get that, but I love to party. And I'm like, if you say wholesome DJ, like, can I get booked for clubs when this is all over or am I just done? You know? Yeah, well, no, I I think you'll be good. I really, I I mean, you have a talent. Um, it, it was just, it was just like no talking, no emotes, just strictly like just selecting and mixing. It. Like you're good, you're you're fine. But yeah. yeah, I love that, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. There's a wholesomeness, and I think in a time where we're quarantined or the fucking world is just the way it is, it was like, yo, I get 
I can get why people really fuck with this uh, beyond the music is they need some type of, like you say, mom energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did that, was the mom energy kind of in the air prior to this or is this something that has kind of just sprung out recently? Oh no, this is how, yeah, I'm always like, you know, designated driver since people could start drinking, you know, that's uh-huh. my, how I am just trying to be like a conscious person, do more good than I like take, you know, from the world like that. I've always been the vibe. Yeah, the nurturing thing. I think that um, also on your website is that you had this little uh, video about how to make plants. Like you cut the stems and... How to propagate plants. Yeah. Propagate, propagate plants. Real quick, uh, give us an idea. What is propagating for people that haven't checked out that little clip? So propagating is a way to clone a plant um, or essentially create more plants. So you can take a little cutting. So trim off a node or a leaf and leave it in water so it roots again. And then you can pot it in another pot. So like propagating so great because I think with everyone being home now, like millennials are all up on the plant wave, but like it's something to do. You can kind of watch, like you see results over time when you propagate a plant. And it's just a really nice way to not only have more plants in your home, but like share with friends. Like it's cost-free, you know, like, and if anything, it's just like love. Like I, I, I'm always propagating. This is a pothos behind me. That's the kind uh, of maybe, yeah, yeah, that. It's a what now? A pothos. Um, It's probably one of the most common houseplants because it's really hardy. It can handle under and over watering. Devil's ivy is like another name for like that family of plants. But I'm always propagating some of them because there's always a friend who's like, I killed my plants. I'm terrible. I shouldn't have any plants. And I'm like, here, take these. Um, I'll help you, you know, like get started. And yeah, I'm all about plants. So the plant is not just like something to do. There's, again, a little more, there's an emotion, there's a love, there's a nurturing, there's a community aspect to it. Am I reading that right? Or is it? Uh Yeah, I guess so. I never thought about that way. I just have been passionate about plants because I've been living in city environments for the past like 13 years. And so, you know, air quality in big cities is not necessarily great small spaces, you might not get as much air circulation as like you want. There's a clean air study that was done like years ago by NASA. And there's like a list of air plants. I'm like laughing at myself as I talk about this out loud. But anyways, there's lots of chemicals in the air. Sometimes it's emissions from plastic products that you've purchased. Sometimes it's new car exhaust, whatever it is. But the most common houseplants, most of them purify the air from those chemicals. So peace lily, snake plant like these are just some of the ones that are good to have in your home yeah i just darted over because i have a plant and uh, i call it yeah. i named it sade i don't know what it is but it's one of those plants uh the, the person at the shop goes oh this plant is really good because it could thrive on the neglect and i go oh i'm, I'm so jealous because i wish i could thrive on the neglect but yeah it's definitely it makes you want to like is easy plant no, you know what? Give me a quick second because I kept the tag on the plant because I could remember because I knew this would come up one day. So hold on for a second. Is, is it an epiprenum? Um, what is the one? Sometimes I don't know like things proper names. Yeah, I've always wanted a plant as you could tell by the, I don't know if you caught the uh, wallpaper, it's plants as well. And I always wanted like, you know, something something to take, to take care of because I don't have children or a dog. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. could, you know, and I literally just put like water once a month. So does yeah. the plant, the plant thing, your your love of plants, does that kind of help with the creativity at all? Uh, probably. I can't necessarily think of a direct correlation, but I think one thing that plants have done for me is encourage patience because it's just, 
like a really slow thing. Like everything I do is pretty fast paced. My energy is kind of like a little ADD. I'm always doing like a hundred things, but with plants, it's like super slow. You know? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's I get a similar feeling when I do like handiwork around my house. Like, yeah, I spent the last two days trying to fix some pipes in my house. It's fucking frustrating as hell. But John, who's my roommate, is giving me a thumbs up. I did it, and it was like so meditative because you just kind of like, zoom in on something, and it's not you're not on a phone, you're not about music. You're just like, how do I get this washer off? Like, yeah, there's something great about analog, like. And proving to yourself that you can do it. Yeah, it's that. That you know, that's right. Because I when I did that wallpaper I just mentioned, it was the yeah. hardest fucking thing. Because it's pattern. You got to do it just right. You can't. You don't want it, yeah. you know, it to look shitty. And yeah, it kind of kicks something off. But yeah, it's the zone out on something. It's not DJ. It's not musically. It's not the news. It's just like I'm gonna like get this line just right. I'm gonna sit here for 45 minutes till this, you know, till the pattern lines yeah. up. It's very meditative. And it kind of clears it out. If I could ask one more plant question, if your DJ style was a plant, what would it be and why? Hmm. Maybe a peace lily. A peace lily. Okay. Because a peace lily is really resilient. And I feel like the type of DJ I am, I've been through, I've lived in many cities and I've DJed many different situations. A peace lily can do pretty well with like over and under watering. If you forget to water a peace lily for 10 days, it's like totally flat. It looks like it's dead and you're like, I'm just going to throw it away. But if you water it and nurture it, it comes back. So like there have been times in my DJ journey where I've been really, really busy and thriving. And then times like now where COVID, I thought, dude, I'm done. It's like over. And then out comes this like Twitch thing, which could be like the flower of the peace lily, you know? Yeah. I want to ask, and I think this is very important for context and just for other people to know. A lot of people, yeah, obviously we're not working. But what did you, what was your career like pre-COVID? So 2020 was going to be my best year, I thought, um, with gigs because I lived in Chicago before LA and it took me a few years to get traction here. So I've been in LA for about two and a half years or three years now. And it's a totally different scene here. Chicago, I feel like was very merit-based. It was just how good are you at getting people to dance? Like, how's your song selection? Whatever. I had a really steady roster of corporate clients plus you know, local gigs like and residencies. So if I didn't have the corporate gigs, I could still sustain myself, obviously less comfortably, but I would be fine. And then the corporate gigs were just like amazing because I, in some circles, I feel like I was kind of the go-to. It's like, if we book Lonnie for this gig, we know that her music selection's on point, her presentation, her pro- professionalism, like... We don't have to worry. So I was really blessed in that way in the Chicago circuit. And then moving to LA, I'm a freaking nobody. A lot of my corporate clients, I had reached out and been like, hey, I'm moving to LA. Like I'll still be kind of splitting time between the two markets. But if you have any you know, events in LA, please think of me. And it was like nothing. Because <laughs> in the LA market, if they're booking someone for an event, it can be literally the same activation that I did in Chicago, but it's a much bigger pool of talent here. So you have DJs that might be touring around the world. And then when they're in LA, they're not working. And then you have these brands sometimes book influencers versus DJs for their events because they need more to talk about on their press release. Like XYZ DJed the launch of whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Mm. So, real quick, uh, if you could take a detour and maybe tell us more about influencer DJs, because I think we all throw the term around, and I've said it in the past, but I'm assuming, you know, I just naturally assume we all know what that is. So my take on influencer DJs, like some of them were first influencers, as in they had a large social media presence, and then they became DJs after, which is not to take away from people who've invested in the art. Like if you just happen to become an influencer and then you transitioned and picked up a new skill set, like kudos to you. But there are a lot of influencers who I think really just leverage the fact that they have an audience and don't invest the same amount of time that some of us have put into the art. And they're just more of a playlist with a base versus like someone who's has learned how to beat match or curate a vibe or build a room. You know, like I've done many gigs where I've opened for an influencer DJ at like a hotel or brand event or whatever. I hand over like a really high crowd. I got them all warmed up, ready to go. I'm just like, have fun. And then they just tank the whole thing, you know, because they're not a DJ by trade. Influencer DJs always kind of get a bad rap in relation to the art of DJing. Is there any pros that you can find to them, to DJing? Or is it all kind of, um, again, more of a face and a playlist and that's it? I think they might provide visibility to new music. Like, I mean, if they're taking the time to find music from smaller artists, like, hey, any promotion that a small artist can get, like, that's amazing. But how many influencer DJs are doing that? You know, to be honest, either, <laughs> if you're an influencer DJ, I'm probably leaving the room or like going to doing something yeah. else. But that's yeah. that's 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 unfair. I should maybe give them like, oh, let's hear them out, and maybe like they're really bringing some heat, and maybe they are doing what you just said, exposing right. a new artist. And like an influencer who's got like a buttload of followers plays one of my edits. I'd be like, fuck yeah, and I would totally be a hypocrite <laughs> after talking to <laughs> influencers, being like, oh, but this one's different. This one played my. Caliucci's edit. Right. Oh, this one's cool. Um, right. Yeah, it, it definitely happens. I, I think I'd like to kind of like maybe see things in the pro and the con. But with that being said, with COVID, influencer DJs are now done. Are they going to find a new uh, kind of stream of revenue or what do you think? I don't know if they're done completely, but I feel like that like lifestyle and era of work is maybe kind of on hold because one, we don't have large gatherings for them to be playing at. So there's not going to be like a press release about these events because they don't exist. I feel like there's all this attention on Twitch right now. I don't think it's like the end all be all, but it, I think it's the only environment visible one that DJs can exist on. Cause on Instagram, YouTube, it's like copyright strikes left and right. Like we can't do our thing. So in a way I feel like it's kind of leveled out the playing field, whether or not you have a social media following from another platform doesn't matter. Like it might've brought you an initial wave of people to Twitch, but whether or not people like fuck with you, like on Twitch, like you kind of have to be a decent DJ. Yeah. Or have something like something. That something really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I was, I was talking a couple of days ago with to some friends and I was like, well, this person is so-and-so's DJ and is on this platform and on the radio. Of course he, you know, that person is going to have success, but no, this person had to put a lot of time and energy, just like you have, you have cameras, you have this personality, you have this thoughtfulness, you have this community ethos that leads to your, you know, definitely your, your success. But also on top of that, consistency because before we started you said you're going to twitch maybe today you might be twitching a couple times to the week if we're trying to be successful at twitch what role does consistency play in that 
So consistency, it doesn't necessarily mean having a schedule, although that's something that I have because I know I'm very much in touch with like my friend group. A lot of them are type A. If I don't tell them when I'm playing, I will just keep getting texts about it. So rather than dealing with that, I'm like, here's my schedule for at least three days a week. Tune in then the rest of the time, just have an alert when I go live. But I think putting in a consistent amount of effort might not have to be the same day, but like always streaming at least, you know, every week is helpful. There's different ways to approach it. Like I know I'm kind of heavy on the interaction side, reading the chat and all of that. It's not how I initially envisioned myself DJing on Twitch, to be honest, but it's something that I kind of just did naturally, even with my very first stream. My first stream was streaming to both Twitch and Instagram, Instagram on my phone, Twitch on my computer. I would talk to the Instagram chat to tell them to go over to Twitch for better audio quality and like experience. And so in talking to that, I'd be like, oh, Twitch fam, like if you see me mouthing, like saying something, but you don't hear me, that's because I'm talking to Instagram. And then I just got very comfortable kind of talking to both cameras and sharing like what I was doing. Like I know normally as a performer, you don't want to be sharing behind the scenes too much, but I think there was just so much going on. I couldn't even like hide. I couldn't contain how I felt. I just had to be like, yo, shit is melting down. I'm sorry. <laughs> second. I like my phone just fell off the tripod. I'll be right there, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, two things to that. I think one, that's kind of what we, I think we need that right now. We need more legitimate, how the sausage is made, just real interaction, you know? Yeah. Genu- genuine. I think that's what I'm saying. Right now, we just need more genuine uh, displays of people right now, especially under COVID and what's going on. And right. also, I want to add to that. What is the difference between you know, like John says, you know, serving two masters type of thing. You have to, trying to figure out the DJ, what, okay, I'm missing this, mixing this song, finding the song, what's the next thing? And also you're like trying to like balance a Twitch and keep it engaging. That seems like a lot of work, but you do it yes. natural. Like, is that the type A you mentioned or what is it? I'm always been kind of a multitasker type. So it definitely stretches my brain to like its max capacity. Like I will say I've gotten more comfortable with it, but maybe the first month, two months still, it was a lot. Like it still feels like a lot now, but I'm just comfortable with that. But before I, you know, I would get like nervous before I started streaming because I'm like, okay, it's going to literally take all the energy that I have in me right now to like play music, read the chat and not say something stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think if you did say something silly, it'd be like, I would find it endearing me other people too because it just kind of fits the wholesome mom vibe and just, again, yeah. the genuine connection. Now, um, I say dumb things all the time and I stumble reading usernames because I'm not a gamer. Yeah, I don't read a three as an E. So then I'm like, oh, hey, R3D. And people are like, ha, 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 it's red. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, mom, you're so silly. Da, da, yeah, da, da, da. yeah I, I'll do a shout out. I'm like, what is X? Uh, yeah, sorry. If I, I just kind of do like, hey, if I messed up your name, nothing personal. Yeah. So what is the ideal way to enjoy your Twitch stream? Oh, I don't think it's my job to tell someone how to enjoy it. Like all I can do is create an experience that I think can be enjoyed in some way. And then it's up to you. Like if someone wants to put me on in the background while they cook dinner, I know lots of people do that. That's cool. Some people, I am like their prime time entertainment. Like they literally are chilling drinks and getting stuff ready to set at the table in front of their TV and like cast me. Like I don't really care if I'm your prime time entertainment or just like background while you clean your bathroom. Like, I'm just happy to be the like someone that you 
care to pull up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, the things you just mentioned is all how I've enjoyed a Twitch stream. Like I, I'll plan it where it's like, oh, so-and-so is on at six o'clock, I'll work out to him or her yeah. there as I'm, you know, or, you know, I'm going to finish my cook and then watch while I eat. And so I think that's another thing that's been very interesting about Twitch is that it can be enjoyed almost in any way, you know, right. background. I've seen people like they'll drive around with it, the audio only. I'm like, whoa, that's that's some new shit to me because I've always associated visual component with the music. Right. So, yeah, it's all over the place in terms of how a person can enjoy it. Also, since we're talking about Twitch and community, you mentioned Discord earlier. Yeah. I'm a little new to Discord. I'm only in two chats. And I think the first thing I really like, DJing has a very singular mentality. It's like about me. It's about I'm the star. You know, my name needs to be bigger. All the... You know, you know how it could be. Right. Yeah. But your Discord goes to your crew, Club Mesh. Yeah. Let me know about Club Mesh. And then if you can, let me know about Discord. Tell a grandpa what a Discord is. So Club Mesh is my group. We're a trio. It's myself, Dial Jess, and Chess Knight. We all met in Chicago, but we became a group actually when we were like living in different cities. Chess is her primary residence is Chicago. Jess is LA like myself. Um, but we have our party that the three of us do in Chicago at Beauty Bar. It's a monthly party. Jess and I have some residencies that we do together in LA. Yeah, it's just as simple as like us playing together as DJs, but we're also all like aspiring producers. So right now is kind of how we're working on what that looks like. Like we've each kind of made individual tracks. We're trying to figure out like what does collaboration look like from quarantine? Like dropboxing of files and sharing plugins and stuff like what does that all look like but um yeah that's my group that's club mesh i was the first to start streaming and then i pushed both of them to get on because i was like since we don't have our monthly party um, let's just do club mesh like on twitch and luckily both of them were open to it and i think initially approached it with like a little bit of skepticism like this is like weird because it is weird. It's like you're literally DJing in a room by yourself and then reading a chat. Like it's a very strange transition from DJing in real life to Twitch, That those first few. But now they're like totally into it. Like we have jokes with our chat. Like it's our new normal, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like a, any show. There's like running themes, there's tropes and there's and what have you. I, yeah. I think that, yeah. I, and I like how those things come out organically and randomly. It's not like, you know, you're sitting there you know, uh, you can't plan it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen some streamers try to give a name to their crew and like have these like inside jokes, and it just doesn't work because you can't predict what, when it comes to like internet jokes, you can't predict what's going to stick and what won't. Yeah, yeah. Like, like memes. Like, there's some memes that I'm like, um, you know, I'm actually really memes. Yeah, yeah, some land and some don't, like anything else. Yeah. So, can a DJ survive or be relevant or what have you without a discord yeah for sure discord is a great tool though and i think that it is growing for a reason like discord was primarily kind of like a message board for gaming community like you watch someone they have a discord it's a place where the chat basically lives on even when the streamer is not online it's probably the best way to think of it so it's like a never-ending chat Layout's kind of like a message board, but maybe because it's slightly more interactive and stuff, it's, yeah, it's like a never-ending chat. 
is how I think of it. Yeah, I think right now there's such like a learning curve with technology that everyone's yeah. like, okay, I'm just figuring out Twitch. Like, oh wait, there's fucking Discord. What is that? So if someone starts a Discord just to start it, it's like, I don't really know. I guess it's like anything else. What's the point of making an account if you're not using it? So Complexion actually was the first person, like peer of mine that had a Discord. And he was like, oh, Lonnie, get in our Discord. And I was like, guys, I'm too, I'm not old, but I'm old. Like, I'm just not trying to add another thing to the repertoire. TikTok's too much. Like, I no more apps. I'm just at, I'm like maxed out. Like, I've just learned how to use Twitch. I cannot, I don't have any more bandwidth to learn anything new. And they're like, it's fine. It's easy. You'll get it. So I signed up for Discord specifically to join Complexion Future Beach Show Discord. And I like kind of popped around and I'm like, I get it, but I don't get it yet. You know, like I see people kind of sharing photos of their food. They're sharing music links. Again, I see it, but I don't, I'm not there yet. And then I keep getting viewers asking me to start a Discord. And I was like, yo, this is, I'm just, I can't, I'm so tired. And like I talked to my crew about it and I was like, hey, everyone keeps saying that we should have a Discord. Do you guys want one? And literally same reaction. I was just like, that's just one more thing. I can't. You know, we're just, we are really stretched. Even though we're technically all unemployed, we are all working the hardest we've ever worked. Like, because building a Twitch, fixing tech issues, like I'm learning all new skill sets. I have did basic video editing in college, but like what the heck is a sync offset if your webcam and visual don't match? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like in the weeds with it. Dude, my eyes are so big. I have like no idea what you're talking. And I'm like, I think I think I wanted to ask about the Discord thing before yeah. I want to say it. Cause I think all this is very what you're saying. Like, I don't I don't like bandwidth. I'm like, fuck, I'm what is this? Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like I'm just finally okay. making some type of leeway with Instagram. And there's tick uh not TikTok, but yeah, then there's Twitch. Yeah. And then there's learning OBS. And I think we're always DJs, I feel we're always held hostage by the times. Like other oh. industries can just kind of sail off and be fine. Yeah. But we're like I'm like, I don't exist. What the heck? I'm not on Twitch. Well, you know what's funny is I used to th- kind of feel like the worst, most annoying thing about being a DJ was having to make promo for your gigs, like make a flyer. Oh, that's all. And now me. I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo, I'm like make fl- I can make flyers all day now, you know? But like now we're in this OBS world. But anyways, back to Discord, whether or not someone needs it. I think you can be proactive, of course, and set one up ahead of time. Or you can kind of wait till there's like that point where your community straight up needs one. So that's kind of how I approached it was I was like, I understand conceptually why someone would have a discord, but we are functioning just fine without it. So until I can actively invest energy and proactively manage it, I don't want to touch it. So I didn't have a discord. And then about maybe a month ago, or it might might have been a few weeks, what is time in quarantine? I don't fucking know. Um, But I kind of felt like, okay, there's enough enthusiasm like my chat is literally like share they're doing like age sex location in the chat and exchange instagram handles so i'm like clearly they like want to keep in touch right like i'm like okay let me just make this discord now and it was like the right time like my viewers and my crew's viewers they all kind of chat and then we constantly rate each other there's a fair amount of overlap there's some people who only tune in for one of us and that's just all they're ever going to do but a lot of other viewers actually kind of like that we're like a trio. So having that shared discord for them is really fun. Yeah. I, I like what you just said about the whole, 
when the community needs it, as opposed to me just doing one. Because again, that's something that, you know, I was talking about the singular identity issue with DJs. Right. That, and when I was kind of like alluding to the anxiety of like, do I, I need this to be relevant? The fact that you're just like, I do it at the, again, circles back to you being community focused. It, like, yeah. Literally, yeah, you literally answer to like what the people need. And then if I could just kind of, I don't want to say I'm going to play devil's advocate, but if I can ask the question, can a DJ still be relevant if they're not streaming at all? I think so. I mean, because there's, I think you'll be less visible. I think it's a missed opportunity not to be on Twitch because Twitch is about as democratic as DJing will get. Like in a traditional DJ ecosystem, you've got all these like gatekeepers, you've got promoters, club owners, different restrictions that kind of hold you back from DJing. Now we're all bedroom DJs and we all have access to an audience, right? So like, Yes, I've been DJing a long time and I definitely have people who've been going hard for me forever, but I'm not huge, you know, like I'm just a working DJ, but I managed to somehow get a little bit of traction on, on Twitch. I think because I put in like the time, the effort, whatever, and it the medium kind of works for my personality, I think, but I just don't know why someone wouldn't give it a try. Like if it's not for you or you tried it and you don't like it, like that's fine, if you're just trying, all the energy you have is being spent just trying to not go insane when you read the news, like that's cool. But like, I would hope that anyone who's semi-interested in it just gives it a try. Like all my DJ friends who've been like, I don't know. I'm like, yo, go for it. I'll help you the best that I can. Like, I think it's worth trying. And I think if you are a DJ, like, why would you not take advantage of this venue that has no dress code? <laughs> There's no guidelines to what you can or cannot play this is the most ideal and if you get requests you don't like who cares like they, it's your house like that's so cool so when we do go back to whatever we all kind of collectively agree is normal yeah you're, you're still gonna be doing your streams right yeah oh for sure because there are people who tune into my stream like they're like my fam like i want to keep playing for them you know i'd probably rearrange the schedule around you know gigs of course but it's um, such a unique, like, fun thing. I don't see it going away for me. Okay. And what would be your plan B with all this? Uh, we, I would ask this question in previous episodes. And I think now that definitely is, you know, a question worth asking. And also, it might be a little different. Do you have a plan B at all? I mean, yeah. Um, I'm always thinking about a plan B because I'm like a realist. So even though I left advertising, left the corporate world like full time, it's still a skill set that I keep warmed up. Like I always take on a project like every year or something just so that I'm still in touch with that industry should I ever need to dive back into something. So actually when shelter in place happened, quarantine, all of that, I was already on job boards being like, where can I find a job? Cause I was like, I need to pay the bills and you know what, maybe I need health insurance, you know, like with all this happening, my partner was really supportive and he was actually like, you know, just hang tight. Like, let's see how long quarantine lasts. We didn't know it'd be this long, but um, he's like, also like, let's just kind of see. He didn't know that I'd be able to find kind of a place on Twitch or the internet or anything like that. Like neither of us did, but he just kind of felt like I would be able to find a way because I'm kind of a natural hustler. And right now for me, that's like Twitch. That's not like I'm killing it, right? Like I'm still- I think you're killing it. 
Thank you. It's all relative, but like, like, let's talk about just more objectively, like paying bills and stuff like that. Like I'm, yes, I can pay my rent, but it doesn't compare to my life before COVID, which wasn't crazy either. You know, it was, yeah. You were come. We were, we're we're eating like you know we were able to get, go out a couple times a week and buy some clothes online and what have you. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you kind of mentioning all these kind of you know realities of the world and and financial and bills whatever. You, has there been any music that you've been into that's been kind of like healing or energizing, empowering, been sustenance a song or an artist that's been kind of helping you go through this? Um. I don't know if there's a specific thing, probably because I stream so much right now, I'm kind of like, it's just like all of it. So I think I could maybe just describe like, or just like a sound that's appealing to me right now. I think what John played earlier this morning, love that, just really healing, like positive, tasteful chill set. You know, like that's so great because I think there's, it delivers enough energy that I feel like joy but it's chill enough that it's not taking away energy, right? It's providing me like with more than it takes. Whereas like some stuff like the turn up, like aggressive house tracks or dance party tracks, like love that stuff. But to really enjoy it, I feel like I end up tossing my body into it, like a dance, you know, whatever. And then I'm tired. So I feel like each has a its role in quarantine. Like I think dancing and physical movement is so important, whether it's exercise or whatever. But I'm not doing that all the time. That's like sometimes at night, weekends, kind of like you would going out. And then the rest of the time is kind of stuff like what John plays where stay positive, healing. Mm-hmm. You know? And then when we do go back to the other side of this and we start DJing, how is your DJing going to be different? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I actually thought about that, how funny it would be, like some of the Twitch behaviors that I have, like bringing that into real life. So my friend Dial Jess and I, from my crew, Club Mesh, we definitely have like a spectrum of like how far we've taken the Twitch thing. So she has like very Twitch specific jokes or she has this kind of routine that she does on her channel called the moan zone <laughs> where she plays a sequence of songs that have moans in them. And it's amazing because she has songs, disco songs with moans. She's got house songs. She's got hip hop songs that have moans and it's become a thing that her audience will jump in the chat and just start screaming, daddy moan zone. Wow, you know it's funny. I mentioned that in disco songs moans were like the tri- like the triple hi hat in like hip hop now because like so yeah. many songs have the uh, like that yeah that yeah yeah, yeah you know, like kind of slightly out air yeah you know yeah sleazy yeah that's that's definitely a sweet spot for me not the moans but like yeah the coked out sleazy disco it's, and it's okay if it is <laughs> and it, yeah you know no judgment here man you know we're all we're all getting we got to get through this fucking quarantine somehow so if you're right. you know yayed out for six hours of the day what's time you know it doesn't right. even fucking matter cool so any parting word any pieces of wisdom you want to give us uh opening set listeners or uh, anything you want to say hmm. If you're interested in live streaming, just try it. You have literally nothing to lose other than like a little bit of time. But what is time in quarantine? Right. So what was what is time in general? You know, right. Yeah. These are philosophical questions we need to be asking ourselves anyway. So and then if you do start live streaming and you don't have an audience right away, do not be discouraged. When I look at think about just like my numbers on Twitch, my first week fucking crushed it. I mean, for me, okay, for little me, I crushed it. I had like 60 to like 110 people for my first week. And for most people, the first time they stream, Twitch staff was telling me the 
average streamer's first stream has like three viewers. So if you think about it like that, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I had a feeling this would happen. My second week, I had a drop off, right? There's not the novelty of it being my first stream. It's starting to look like it might be a thing that happens more often. So then I had like 30 to 60 listeners. So it's like a fraction of what I had the previous week. And then the next few weeks, it was still kind of like 30 to 40 listeners. So I think some people would have that experience and be discouraged. Like I have a decline in listenership or this is such a small audience. I'm used to playing clubs. Like this is demoralizing in some way, right? Or And, we're, and some, some DJs are really sensitive creatures, sensitive beings. But there's something to be said for like that consistency and just persistence. Because if you stream enough, at some point your audience finds you. There's people who will just be on Twitch. They're just trying to find a stream. They just like pop around on the, the browse page. And that is how so many people found me. I still have real life friends and real life like fans that like tune in. But the majority of my audience now that's like hardcore in the chat, like those are people that I met from Twitch. And they just found me because they were on like late night or afternoon or whatever. And like they're like, what's this girl doing in her bedroom? Click, you know? <laughs> Dancing with plants. Yeah, my God. This is- <laughs> yeah, like imagine like I, I go to a club and then I, like I'm like, checking my bag. I was like, oh, I need this piece, Lily. I'm going to dance with it. Dude, if someone did that, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. guest list for life. What do you need? We got you. You need your jacket in the booth. I I think um, we're talking about, you know, when we go back to clubs, I think I'm going to like celebrate quirky and weirdos even more than ever because yeah. it's like, thank you for like, still being on the other side of this, still like this quirky, like fanciful person. And I, I know we got to celebrate weirdos and underdogs and left of center culture more in general. So yeah. yeah. So on that note, Lonnie Love, thank you so much for your time on opening sets. Oh, you thank survived. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Air horn. Bah, 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 bah. Um, social wise, we can find you DJ Lonnie Love uh, on Twitch, IG, Audio Mac. I don't know. Where, where else can we find you? MySpace? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if like my MySpace or like all that stuff's still up. But yeah, um, Instagram, kind of do the Twitter thing. And mm-hmm. like, I have a few tutorial videos on YouTube, like the plant stuff that you're talking about. Yeah, and the coffee, joint, um, the coffee coconut joint. Yeah, coffee coconut joint, so tasty, so good for summer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have like a couple cooking videos, like one on veggie soup broth and um, another with like sauces for Dude. quick Easy meals. I'm hyped. But I, I really perked up at the coffee thing because John and I, we make coffee for each other. And the reason yeah. why we were a little late because we were I was making coffee for us. I saw it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I kept whipping the mug in your face. Um, but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, a new coffee has entered the chat. So I was very like... Dude, coffee um, and coconut, very complimentary flavors. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, my family's from El Salvador. And yeah. coffee and coconut are things that are like abundant in our country. So I'm oh. thinking, yo, I can like, you know, really get extra brown on that ass and be like, you know, one, two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lonnie, we'll let you go. I'll let you go and, you know, rock the stream. Um, yeah. I'll see you in the chat as always. And dude, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, like, guys. Yeah, appreciate it.